Welcome to our weekly of the Shir, Freilich and Chanukah. This Three things. So you have different people that think different things. So I want to say the Inanishmas, Ruzenbasa, Chanavezra. And Shmuel, Rav Shmuel, Rav Yisrael. Let's see how it says tonight. Then I go to bed if I can't smash yeah. So the three things, three things could mean a lot of things. First thing, it means the three sifatera come out. If you go to Shul, if you're a Shul go, you know that the three Sifritari are going to come out this week. Three Sifritari is a big thing. They're going to lane first in Pashas Mikates, to which they're going to lane six Elias. But they're going to finish the entire Pasha. In other words, the person who gets Shishi will lane till the end. Then they lane for Hanukkah. Seventh Aliyah, and then for Ashkedish, the Maftir. And after the Shabbos, Ashkedish. And we have different opinion, different opinions, of course. Shabbos Ashkedish, we say Shabbos Hanukkah, and then we add from Ashkedish. It's also not only Ashkedish, it's also Macha Chedish. So each to their opinion, each to their halacha, one needs to see what has to be said in your show. So that's one train of thought. The three sifritera. Then we know, of course, there's going to be halal and there's going to be musaf every Shabbos. The Shabbos is a special musaf. Shabbos is chedish. So we say ati yitzarta, not the regular musaf. But then those that have and live with the main custom that when they take out three sifatera and that is to make three kuglin. What's greater than three kuglin after all? <laughs> on the somber note, on a more serious note as we say, Shabbos, when they take out three sifatera it's brought down in many, many different svarim. It's a Yem Skula. Yem Skula means a special day for davening. When they open the Yom Kedish, on this Shabbos, we have an opportunity to daven for everything that we can possibly want. It's a very, very strong Shasakesha. And I urge anyone listening 
to seize the opportunity and to go to Shul the Shabbos so that when they open the Aron Kedish you can daven for whatever it is one needs Bona, Chayim, Zeyner, Vicha health, children, Shaduchim peace of mind happiness, joy Shalom Bayis whatever it is This is the Shabbos of Tefillah. It's not only Shabbos Rishchidosh, but it's also Machar Chidosh. Not only Rishchidosh itself, but it's also the next day is also Rishchidosh, in other words, Shabbos and Sunday. Sorry. And therefore, Rishchidosh will be continued. We also need to add, aside for the Valenism and Tula, we need to add also in Galav But most importantly, when it comes to Vichas HaMaza into benching, Ah, You read it from cover to cover. We, read, we have to read everything. You're reading Avalanism, you're reading Say, you're reading Yalaviyave, the whole nine yards. You don't read all the Arachmans. <laughs> it's not Sukkot, it's not Ashana. You do, need, you do read for Shabbos, for Ishkhedish. There's no Arachman for Hanukkah. So, yeah, be prepared. For those people that have a custom not to go to sleep for a half hour after eating, Birchus HaMazin will cover that for you. Take you almost that time. <laughs> I have said before, in the 19... 19... It was also Shabbos Hanukkah Kedish. And Baruch Hashem, we had an opportunity to be in camp with the kids in Venezuela. <laughs> it was a difficult time explaining to those kids how they either they were in shul all day or they were sitting and benching all day. But there's not much happening on Shabbos except for davening and benching. We tried. We tried really to, to, to expedite, shall we say, or to speed up a little bit, but how much can you not speed up? You can't skip anything. you got to say it all. We spoke last week a connection of Parsha because night it comes out sometime close to Hanukkah and this last week, last Shabbos was the Shabbos that benched the week of Hanukkah and therefore we spoke about it could be I didn't speak, it could be I didn't get to it when they sold Yasef they threw him into the pit and there was no water in there but how did they know there was no water how did they know there were snakes and scorpions they didn't see the snakes and scorpions because they shalta ena, the eyes do not see twenty amas. Eyes cannot see twenty amas, and therefore they threw him in without knowing what was inside. Whereas 
Menera cannot be lit higher than 20 Amas as well, because the whole idea of Menera is that one should see it, so it should be, Pesuminisa, should be, Pesuminisa, everyone should know the miracle of Hanukkah, and over 20 Amas you can't see it, so therefore it's not, you cannot even make a bracha on that. What's Hanukkah all about, really? The latkes, the donuts, the diet. People looking for gluten-free donuts. People looking for potato-free latkes. I mean, <laughs> you can make latkes without potatoes. You can make it with zucchinis, with this, with yens, with cauliflower. End of a stuff. There's no... The dietitians have a heyday on this. Nutritionists go crazy this because they say that uh, you know you got to keep to the diet. You got to keep to the diet. You can't do anything. You can't go off. You have to be careful. You have to be mindful. You can't just gain weight and blow up over Hanukkah and then have to fix that for six months after. And six months before you are working on losing all this weight, you gain it all back over Hanukkah, and then six months you have to get it back again. Vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. But the truth is, there's no sheer of how many donuts you have to eat. In, uh, on Pesach, you have to eat the sheer matzah. You have to eat a certain amount of matzah. On Hanukkah, <laughs> from amongst the mon- many, many beautiful stickers that came out, there's a sticker with a plate of, of donuts that says on it, um, just to see them, just to look at them. And it's ironic, in the olden days you used to have a party, you used to put down all these donuts, and everybody would eat the donuts. You eat your latkes, you eat your donuts, and some are What else, what, what can we live for? What better, what life could better give us? Today, he goes to a lot of parties, my uh, wife says, does not approve of it. But where they cut the donuts in half of Chathila because you find pieces of donuts all over the place because people want a taste of the donut. I want to taste it. I want to... I miss it. Or not only that, today's day and age, the conventional donut, as it was, with the hole in the middle, so it was able to find its center as it needed to, got replaced by a full donut, a blown-up donut, panchike. And then that ended up with jelly inside its belly and got a jelly donut where you bit into it and the jelly came out from the other side and it was all over you and your whole face and the arms and legs were filled with the jelly. That was a donut. You know you ate a donut. And then came the revolution, when came all the modernizing stages of life, I could probably start now, go till the end of this year, mm-hmm. naming off all the different types of donuts there are. And I can take up an hour saying it. It's simple English, it's insane what's become. I don't know who's buying these donuts. I do know who's buying these donuts. Decorators are buying these donuts. Designers, guys that have to set up a, a, a nice uh, 
a nice table, they have to set up a nice buffet, a nice something. They, these are the people that are buying the donuts, and they make their arrangement of all the different types of donuts within everything. And then people come up and go, wow, heart attack ready to happen. Look at all these donuts. And I just finished with the tray of latkes. Nobody warned me. Nobody told me to save room for the donuts. Look what's going on here. And which one do I taste? Which one do I take into my mouth? <laughs> the custard, the this, the yens. It's, 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 it's. In the love of soft, there's no end to this. What will I do? What will become? Enough. We wasted enough time with the Shtusim that I just wanted to say how trivial people turn Hanukkah into. The Svarim is brought down. What was the intention of the Greeks, of the Yavanim, Rasha? They didn't care that the Jews learned Torah. They really didn't. It didn't bother them. As a matter of fact, they probably learned it also. They enjoyed it. All the great Chachma of Torah, etc. What was their pet peeve? What was their attack of point of attack? Lashkicham Teresecho. What does that mean, Lashkicham Teresecho? To destroy their Teda if they let them learn Teda. They wanted it should not be recognizable that Teda is holy and spiritual. And that this is the Chachma of Akadosh Baruch. They wanted it to be learnt like any other subject. You learn math, you learn science, you learn philosophy, you learn history, whatever you're learning, fine. Amass the knowledge, but don't internalize it. We see this with what did they do when they went into the this temple to destroy it? Their main attack was on the oil. They, they made impure all the oils in the whole entire courtyard of the, of the Beis Hamidosh. If they wanted to destroy the Jews, they wanted to do something to the Jews, break everything, and spill out all the oil. So they shouldn't have any oil. Why just make it impure? This is what they wanted to imply. This is what they were trying to show the exact plan of attack. Shemen, oil, signifies Chochmah. Refer to the Shemen of the Tetas. Amongst other places. The Greeks didn't break and spill the oil all over the place. They didn't hold back, they didn't restrain the Jews from sitting and studying Teda, but rather, they contaminated it. Contaminated and said, I don't want you to internalize it and put it to a spirituality, to take it to a spiritual level, you're doing it for God. Don't connect to God with this. This was their idea, this was their attack.
And therefore we understand also why Hashem is Baruch. <coughs> the Bnei Chash made the miracle that what did they find? They found a pure jug of oil. Sadazdin, they didn't need the nest. They could have done used their impure oil for the public for public use. The Mesemikdish oil, I mean, it's not ideal. They could have used an impure, an impure uh, jug, and they could have used that oil. The reason is, therefore, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu specially made in this way, so that the oil lighting should be done with purity, And we shouldn't have to come on to this permissibility. Because this was the entire attack back at the fight, the fight back at the, against the Yavonim. And therefore, not only did they beat down the Greeks physically in battle, but also in the purification of oil. The purification of Lima Lateda with sanctity and with direct connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who gave us the Tera. And this we see during the victory. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the miracle, He made one jug of pure, clean oil that was not desecrated. And this is the Lima the Tera, where you have to st- emphasize our Lima the Tera, that we should understand it's Tera, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Tera. That implies... That ain't be ma'im. If chas v'shalom, we don't have the ma'im of teda, because teda is compared to water and to oil. If we don't have the water, then nechashim v'akrav miyeshbei. Then snakes and scorpions enter into the situation. And this is therefore what is the. Implica- what implies to us and teaches us how we need to dedicate the days of Hanukkah to time of study, to time of Teda, to learning of Teda, so that we can internalize it, not just as Teda, as a subject matter, not just as something that broadens our intelligence and that brings about any kind of glory to you, but rather because of the pure spirituality of the Teda and the pure connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. at large we got the shul and we see both shuls the men's section is the main part of the shul and there's also a ladies section I'm talking about most orthodox shuls very few and far between do you ever find that the ladies section should be bigger than the men's section 
I'm sure in some base Chabad is like that because it's harder to get 10 men than it is to get 20 ladies. Unfortunately. But the actual shul, a sanctuary as it may be, as it may be, the idea behind a shul is the men usually are the ones that are davening. The, the men are the ones that accumulate, accrue the, the quorum, as we say it. And therefore, it's the ten men that are down, twenty men that are downstairs or on or the side where the heichel, with the kedish is. And that's how it works. That's how most shuls have it. Gimara, if you keep me scoring home in Shabbos, Chav Gimel and Aleph, discusses the sugya, this is all in the middle of the sugya of Chanukah. Says the Gimara of Ashta, now, Da'amrinu, we say, Adloka Isa Mitzvah, the lighting is the doing the Mitzvah, that when it's lit, as we're lighting the Mitzvah, the, 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 that's what the Mitzvah is. And therefore, if you're lighting it, it has to be in a place where it's allowed to be lit, and then you could move it. But the Chathil, should be in a place where it's allowed to be lit. You can't have, light it up on 30 amas up in the air, and then make the bracha, and then bring it down to a regular place. For example. So now that we established that, Hadlika, Cheresh, Sheitav, Akotun, Leosavalekum, the lighting of a Cheresh, Sheitav, Akotun, Dumb, de- dumb, deaf child does not do anything for anyone else. Nobody else can be yaitzah with that. However, Isha Vadai Madlika, a woman can definitely light. The Amr of Yeshua ben Levi, Yeshua ben Levi says, Noshim Chayavis ben Erchanaka, women are Chayav ben Erchanaka, Shav Hain Hoyu Beis they too were part of this miracle. Now, we just discussed the miracle of finding the oil, the pure oil, and therefore it symbolizes the fact that the Teda, they wanted to taint the Teda, not they wanted to destroy the Teda, they wanted to taint it, it shouldn't be spiritual, it shouldn't be kept at a level of holiness. Women have their obligations. Women have their mitzvahs. Chana, Chala, Neidah Shabbos Kedish, Tasa Mishpacha. They have their mitzvahs. Women learn Teda, they may learn Teda. Do they have an actual obligation to sit and study Yem of Alayla? No. They have. There's plenty to do. In that case, what was the miracle for the women? They were in this miracle as well. So Rashi explains there, and they say, 
The women, the young maidens were told, told that they cannot just get married to a man and this be their first time that they're with a man. And therefore, says Rashi, the miracle happened through a woman. We all know the story. She gave him cheese, cheeses, he became thirsty, she gave him wine, he became drunk, and then he was so drunk that he simply lost his head. You know, so unfortunately many people have seen that. People that get drunk and they lose their head, they lose their mind. This guy physically lost his head. He became a head shorter. So the din of the obligation of women have for Ner Hanukkah, as we just said, because they were part of the miracle. And the same thing also is brought down in the Tesis, if you keep the score at home in the Megillah, it was a very, very severe decree against them, the women. And also Rambam brings it down. They tried to take their money and their daughters. Another thing, the miracle of the victory of the, of the war came through a woman, as we said. The daughter of Yechanan. In reference to the to the participation of women in the war, and how they gave over their own lives for this, against all the decrees of the Greeks, and even in the war itself, in the battle itself, we really, really need to understand this. We need to wrap our heads around this. Chere, according to the din, a person needs to be mesa nefesh. Three things. Idol worship, which is not being faithful to a spouse and killing another person. One needs to be made sanefish for themselves in to avoid Chasim Shalom having to do any of those sins. Where did they come into this battle? Who brought the ladies into this story? And Allah is do it, don't let yourself get killed. If they ask you to do any other sin. You need to live with Tera, not die with Tera. But on the Rambam, he'll say that Tera. Still in all, 
time of Shmad, when the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar and his friends stood up and said that the Yidin should Rachmanolitzlan Shmad convert and wanted to nullify the entire religion. Allah was Yarigbal Yaver. Rather die than go through his decree. In those days, the decree was Shmad to become a Christian. In other words, if a guy comes to him and says to him, I want you to serve, I'm going to force you to serve idol worship, then the dinner is one has to kill himself, not do it. But there's no obligation to go out against the kingdom to war with Messias Nefesh. Whereas the Bnei Chashminoim they went out to war and they were made to nefesh their own, their own lives against the Yavanim. And so much more so when it talks about the decree of the women. Which there is a heter of karka ilam. Where in this case the goyim intended simply not that she go against the religion. She have pleasure. See, we score on the Gemara Sanhedrin Ayin Dalit Amid Beis seventy four side two. Rashi explains it. So in that case, the women did not have any obligation to be mesenefish themselves. So why then? Why then? Therefore, do we find that they had mesenefish nefesh higher lemayra lemitamvedas? So much so that the miracle occurred through a woman. So a simple explanation. When the Yavanim came and decided to attack the women, the daughters of Israel, this is a decree against the sanctity of itself, the Kedusha of, of, of beyond which its ultimate influence was for generations to come. When you're talking about such a fundamental mitzvah, fundamental concept, the women did not make any cheshbenes, they didn't make any calculations at all. They didn't think, according to the din, not they do, they're not allowed to, they are allowed to, they have to kill themselves, they don't have to kill themselves. They didn't make any of these calculations. They went in with us. And since the mainstay and the foundation, fundamental of the war in Messias Nefesh went higher than all Cheshbenes, all calculations, and it came, Dafka came about through, as we said before, through a woman. Therefore, the women were Zeche. The miracle com- coming through their hands. And therefore, they are Chayev also, Adlokas Nedus Achanaka.
Hanukkah therefore teaches us a very powerful lesson. The we all know Tas Er A little light pushes away, expels a lot of darkness. And one walks into a dark room and kindles a candle, the entire room gets illuminated. If you're into experiments, it's even more beautiful to do it. Go into Taka Dark Room, you light a candle, and you'll see, literally, the light expands. Expands and spreads throughout the room. You sometimes have to face it in a different direction to get the light in that direction to clarify. But ultimately, it lights up the room. It pushes away the darkness. Hanukkah is just that. The light of Meneda we light up the streets, we light up from the house to the outside, we let everybody know, we let it be known, it's Hanukkah in the world, and we need to light up the lights. Beautiful, beautiful Yom But we don't notice the lights, unfortunately, until there's darkness. If you take your candle and you light it outside during the day, in a beautiful sunny day, you don't see the candle burning. Or even if you see it burning, you don't see what it's doing. You don't see it lighting anything up. Similarly, a dark place that a person goes into, And they ask them, how, why did you put me in this dark place? Akash Baruch's answer is Tas A little light pushes away all the darkness. Light means Tera. And therefore the light of Tera illuminates the surroundings from all sides. To an extent that everything is engulfed in his light and the darkness is totally dispelled. So when one goes through the different hardships and different things that a person goes through in life, one needs to understand the lesson of Hanukkah. The pure oil, that flask of pure oil that was found, which was not necessary it did not have to be part of the miracle. And therefore sometimes when we need, we're faced with different controversies or difficulties in life, we need to know how to overcome and how to override these things. We need to incorporate with Siata Dishmaya, exactly what happens here and how it works out. The story of a Rebbe, I don't know which Rebbe it was, that felt that he has a big yeshiva, 
a lot of Bachrim Yeshiva. And the Bachrim are all Chesidish Bachrim, and they want to be Chesidim. They want to be his Chesidim. So, he went to his Gabbai, and he told his Gabbai, the front row by Venera lighting, front row of people that are standing there want to, to have the Yeshiva Bachrim. Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of Bachrim. So, divide it. There's eight nights. Each mm-hmm. night a different group of Bachrim stand in the front row. So they can watch, they can see the mineral lighting from up close. First night was a went without a hitch. And it was not true. The Bachrim that were up close, literally next to the Rebbe, were very inspired. The second night, we ran into a problem. What was the problem? The second group was told, you have to be here so and so much time before Manera lighting. And you have your place. This is your, your, your number one, two, three, this is, this is your role. But the first group, unfortunately, was addicted, shall we say. He was addicted. They were hooked on this. They were so inspired last night. They said, how can I deprive myself from doing that again? So they came earlier and they pushed themselves into the spaces of the second group. So when the second group arrived, it started becoming a very, very uncomfortable, sticky situation. You had double the amount of Bachram in the space of half the people. So the Gabbai says, come on guys, be a mention, you were here yesterday. Let other guys have their turn. They wouldn't listen, they wouldn't hear it. There's one instigator that said, listen, the Gabbai stands next to the Rebbe every light, why should we not be there every night? And he instigated this couple of friends of his, and they all stood there, they stood steadfast, they're not moving. So another Gabbai came over and asked him, come on, guys, move, stop. He figures, I have a sprach with the Bachrim, I have a, a lingo. They understand me, they, they have some kind of respect for me, I'll get them a move. And he spoke to them, and nothing, they didn't budge. Finally, the Rebbe's Gabbai, the head Gabbai of the Shul, walked over, excuse me, and said, enough of this audacity, enough of this chutzpah, pick yourselves up and get out of here. Move back. And he said to him, when you move away from the Rebbe, I'll move away from here. Why should you be there? I can't. Audacity like this. The Gabe was furiated. And he got so upset with his bachel who refused to move. He let him have a chmalia. He gave him a crack across the face. That was 
how much more embarrassing can you be? The Bacha picked himself up quick and a tremendous embarrassment and anger mixed together and ran for his bloody life. And with him, all his cronies, shall we say, all those that were with him that he was instigating, they ran out also. They didn't want to get patch. That night, the Gabbai felt very bad what he did. And he called the Bach and he says, I'm sorry I hit you. He says, I will never forgive you. I'll never forgive you. Forget about it. Not a comfortable situation here. The next day, the Rebbe called in this Bacha. On his, the Rebbe's desk was a Chumash Chakli Yisrael. And he opened up the Chumash, though the Rebbe had the Chumash open already. Showed the Bacha on that week's Pasha, a Zoya. It's in the Chak Yisrael Chumash. says, Read this. And the boy starts to read. And it says, that Abba was Zeicha to miracles because he always went to sleep. Every night he went to sleep and he said, I forgive anyone that did anything to me. Full-heartedly. And because he forgave everybody before he went to sleep, He merited the great miracles. The Bacha got the end. Bacha went out to the, I call it a supermarket. I'm sure there were major supermarkets in those days. And he bought a cake, and he took a bottle of spirit or mashke or wine or whatever it was, and he went to the house of the Gabbai. The Gabbai saw him coming and says, Oy vey, it's going to be Tzadus now. What does this guy want? The Vaila the Bacha says, No, I come in peace. I come bearing gifts. They sat down. They said, L'chaim. They ate cake. And they drank the mashke. And they benched each other. They blessed each other with long life. He again asked forgiveness. And he said, I forgive you fullheartedly. Mazel Tov. Beautiful story. That night, the Bacher couldn't sleep. That night, the Bacher couldn't fall asleep. Couldn't fall asleep, so he um, went and took his Hanukkah. He took all the Shamasim from all the guys. And he set them up around his bed. And he took out his Gemara and he was learning. Beautiful. Unfortunately, he now fell asleep. This is the solution. You want to fall asleep, you take a safer. It's automatic. Foolproof. He fell asleep. He fell asleep, the Gemara fell out of his hand knocked over the candles, setting his bed aflame. Suddenly he woke up and saw he's surrounded by flames. He jumped up screaming, yelling, waking everybody else up out of the dormitory. 
in the end his bed was totally burnt to crisp his pajamas even got singed but he was fine it's 3 o'clock in the morning he went to the Bismedish to find the Rebbe. He knew the Bismedish Rebbe would get up very early always to learn five talks. So for sure he'll be there. He came and he told the Rebbe, give a cook. I did what the Rebbe told me. I went and I asked Mechila. I brought Mashka and Zainus and I asked Mechila. I, I accepted his Mechila, I'm sorry. I accepted his forgiveness. I gave, granted him forgiveness. No, Baruch Hashem. Tonight, as we're speaking, the fire department is in the dormitory. My bed was totally consumed in flames, and I walked out Baruch Hashem unscathed. No, because I asked Nechila. I literally was saved. My life was saved. <laughs> and the Rebbe smiles and says, Oh, I guess sometimes in Shatu Dishmai I say things that help people. I know a lot of such people that say, With Shatu Dishmai sometimes I say the right thing. Because generally they have foot-mouth syndrome. It's a big thing. To have Seattle Dishmaya, through the Seattle Dishmaya, one can advise or give out or tell somebody how and what has to happen. Let us focus on the Pasha. I don't know if we're going to focus on Ishkadish per se. It was Miketz of the two years. So Rashi, champion of the of the Chamashamika, says Miketz Kitagume, like the Targum says, from the end. Cholmash and Kates Seifu. Whenever it says Kates, it means the end. Givaldik. Thank you, Rashi, for explaining what Mikates means. It was the end, excuse me, the end of two years. So before she ask, <laughs> it's not the first time it says the word Mikates in the Tata. Why did Rashi wait till here to explain it? We had a whole slew of times in the Tata already until we got to this point. The word Mikates was mentioned. Why now? Why not then? Truth is, generally, the word Miketz shows us that what transpired till now has come to an end. And therefore, the entire episode till now is over. So now, one can move on. Example, says by Nayach, 
What happened to Mikates at the end of the 40 days? He opened the window. What was happening before this? It says, They saw the heads of the, mountain, the mountains, the tops of the mountains. Therefore, he opened the window after the fact that he saw the mountains. Because he figured there must be now a way to open the window. There must be a way to be able to maybe start thinking getting out. After 40 days. And therefore, we know Mikates, that's the explanation for it. The, after this happened, the completion of this happening, In our parsha, though, it don't fit. The dentures, they just don't fit. Pare dreamt, and this was Kate's, a completion of what happened before. What happened before? What happened before was Le'ezachah Mashkin as Yesev Yishkechayu. The last Pasha finishes off. Yosef, the Salamashim did not remember Yosef, and he forgot him. And we've explained many times the two Lashenis. We're not learning last week's Pasha. We're now moved on. So what connection that this comes after what happened prior? Salamashkin didn't forget. It had nothing, no effect, direct effect on what happens in our parsha. Therefore, he has to say that Peter Shmikates over here means Taka, the end, or the beginning. The dream of Pari was the beginning of a new era. Of the two years. The seven years of plenty started only after this. So to take out and to explain and to understand this explanation, Rashi must tell us what it says in Targum. From Mikates, it means from safe. Because every lush in Kates is safe and not a Russian of Tehillah of starting, rather an end. But the truth is, the word Mikates has two explanations. It has sometimes mm-hmm. it means beginning, and sometimes it means the end. And not according to Pshat, as we just learned, Pirishim Pshutish Amikra, is Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Seid. Let's take the Drush. How we can learn from this. The lesson in this Pasuk is telling us both. Both explanations are true. It was a beginning and an end. It was the end of the imprisonment of Yasef. Yosef sat in jail long enough. It's over. 
And it was the beginning of his redemption, where he was now getting out of jail. And we find the same thing in the Primius Sinyanim. From one side, Isaiah explains Miketz that said here shows us on Ketz the Smola, the Ketz of the left side, which is Midas Hadin. And on the other side, it says in the Rizal that Miketz is referring to the Ketz Ayamin, the right side, which is the beginning of the Geula. And they are both totally true, as Elu Elu both of them are words of God, and therefore alive and existing. Through the Ketzasmil, through the ending of the left, which is the Midas Adin, we are able to elevate and take away all the Klippas. And we merit to the Ketsa Yamin, which is the Gulamita Sashnema. Our Pash itself is involved with the story of Yosef. Sitting in a prison, a, the royal prison. Not only that, from Beis Asurim, he goes to rule from sitting in the menial lowest place in the prison in the, in the, in the king's, king's castle palace, he rises up to the throne. This is a lesson for each and every one of us in our Vedas Hashem. Everyone is called Yesef, Neye Katsein Yesef, Paskin Tehillim. Keep his score at home, it's Kapitel Pei Paskin Beis. Beis Yisurim, prison, hints on the world, this world, the physical world. And within there, Asurim, the captives of the king, the Neshama of each and every Jew that was sent through Melech Malchai Amlochim to be in this imprisonment of a goof and be limited. But each and every Jew needs to remember that their pri- prison is not home. Do not call this home. Each and every Jew needs to remember what their imprisonment is, what's keeping them captive. As we know in the name of Yosef itself, since we're all part of Yosef, we have a part of Yosef in ourselves. The name he was given, Yosef, is Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher Hashem Ed, to me another son. The Neshama comes down into a goof mukbul into a limited goof, a limited body. This is a concept of Acher, something else from the Kedusha. This is his own imprisonment. 
But the true essence of a neshama is without boundaries. So the fact that the neshama comes down into this imprisonment, this is his shlichus of a Baruch Hu, To exile his kedusha of the Baruch Hu, even in a place of measurement and of boundaries which are distant from kedusha. And when a person fulfills his shlichus, save kal save, the end, he breaks through all boundaries. And he breaks, comes through and he reveals the true metzius of every Jew. And not that alone, that he's not no longer bound into this basis surim, but the opposite. He rules over and the rules on the place, the base of Sudan, he goes out, not just a free man, but he rises up, rises up straight to royalty, to becoming the Mishnah Melech, to becoming, sit on the throne. May, may we all be redeemed from the personal Golos, may we all be redeemed from the Golos, the general Golos, may we all see the light of the three Sifritera this Shabbos, as we daven with the open out in Kedish, the specialty of davening when there's three sifritera, and we have a good Shabbos, and and Gula, Amitis, Vashtema, Yedei, Mashiach, Kenu, Nesid, Reina, Bereshenu, Shabbos.